0: Hello tech fans and welcome into the latest tech sideline podcast originating from tech sidelines high tech studios in the Virginia Tech corporate research center. Whether you're watching or listening live or archived, we're so glad you could join us today, Monday, October 28th. Our crew today behind the scenes, Malcolm Stewart, our founder and head honcho, Will Stewart,
1: whose microphone is not behaving.
0: (laughs) I am your host, Jake Lyman, filling in for Evan Hughes today, and it's a special edition of the Tech Sideline podcast because we have Virginia Tech wrestling head coach Tony Roby in studio. But this week and every week, the TSL podcast is presented by the Fisher Law Firm, Virginia Tech's trusted DUI and traffic defense firm. Dedicated to defending individuals charged with traffic-related offenses from their offices in Blacksburg and Roanoke, the Fisher Law Firm handles cases throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia. To date, the firm has defended more than 30,000 people charged with moving violations. For a free consultation, call any time, day or evening, toll-free at 1-800-680-7031 or email us at info at And Coach Roby, it's great to have you in this morning. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me back on. It's, uh, it's been a little
2: while, yeah. about six months or so. I'd so when,
1: when do you guys actually start, uh, start the schedule? How far away are
2: we? Uh, we're six days. Wow. Five days, yeah. We we can we wrestle Missouri uh, this coming Saturday at noon. It's a noon match because of the uh, Notre Dame Virginia Tech kickoff. I think is a two o'clock or three o'clock Eastern Time kick. So, uh, yeah, we we open up this coming Saturday uh, in Castle at noon against Missouri, who's the seventh ranked team in the country and a team that uh, kind of had our number the last three years. We've, we've this is the fourth year in a row we've wrestled them, and, and we are yet to beat them. So uh, it's definitely a big one and a,
0: a pretty uh, pretty good way to start off the season. And then last Friday you guys had your intra-squad, which is a good way to kick off the season as well. And uh, what were your impressions of that event in Castle Coliseum, kind of just getting the season kicked off? Well, it's it's interesting from a coach's perspective because it's um,
2: – and I told the guys this afterward, There's there's – Definitely a difference between practice and competition, and and you kind of um, you see that with a lot of the way that some guys perform, um, you know. And I think the guys that are your best competitors sometimes have a have another gear that they can kick it in for for a competition type of environment, and uh, that's what the inner squad helps us provide. I mean, it helps us determine our lineup, but as much as anything, it, it uh, I think. You get a you get an idea of what the guys perform like when they're wrestling in a different atmosphere um, with different eyeballs on them, with the people in the stands, and sometimes you know that pressure or, or perceived per pressure can can help guys perform, and sometimes it can hurt guys perform. So. Um, for us, it's a starting point for us to start figuring out uh, what the lineup's going to look like. And that's that's always that's a fluid situation that can change uh, throughout the course of the season. But it's definitely a good starting point for us. And it's good for us to see our guys out there in singlets and, and uh, wrestling in, in front of our fans. And um, it also gives them an opportunity to make weights, to work on their routine,
0: uh, both physically and mentally, leading up to their, their match. Yeah, you kind of get to go live a little bit of a, a practice rep ahead of some some big um, duels that you have early in the season, especially like Missouri and Northwestern. But you, you mentioned it can help decide the lineup, and I think we want to go through the roster a little bit, talk about who you're going to have at each weight, and uh, I guess we can start with one. So first
1: of all, I wanted to ask how attendance was Friday yeah, oh night. Oh, yeah.
2: It was decent. Um, it probably had been better in years past. It was going on at the same time that we were playing uh, Virginia in men's soccer, I believe it was. So I think that probably hurt us a little bit. But, you know, for an inner squad match, it's fairly well attended. Yeah, good. Certainly not like mm-hmm. our, our regular dual mates.
0: All right so we'll get into the lineup start 125 we'll start and make our way up so at 125 you had Joey Prada facing Sam Latona on Friday but there was somebody missing Corbin Myers was expected to move down to 125 he's ranked top 10 in the country and there's there a reason he wasn't wrestling on Friday yeah Corbin right now is um he,
2: he actually is uh, got an injury he's he's in the process of Uh, trying to figure out how we're going to uh, proceed he he is getting surgery Um, there's a chance that he could be back this season Um, it wouldn't be until the second semester Um, you know so basically we're in a little bit of a wait-and-see mode he's gonna he gets surgery tomorrow actually and then we'll be able to make a determination on his availability probably in about six weeks Uh, After the surgery and assuming all goes well and that he uh, things are successful and and he's cleared to wrestle um, the plan is for him to you know to to come back and. compete for the Hokies and, and obviously he's going to have to come in and earn his spot um, whether it's at 125 or 133 right now the plan is for him to go 125 but you know there's some uncertainty right now with, with the direction on what exactly is going to happen with Corbin um, there's several options on the table so um, we're going to kind of wait and see how the surgery goes see how he feels in a few weeks and then we'll probably have a much clearer picture on you know how we are going to move forward with Corbin
1: Now, Coach has he used his red shirt he has, yes. Can wrestlers do medical red shirts? They
2: can, yes. Yeah. I mean, there there's always a chance that you can get a six year. In fact, the NCAA is probably more lenient with that than they've ever been. Uh, if you <laughs> if you come in in red shirt as a freshman and then you have an injury somewhere along the line, they typically
0: give you give you that six year. All right. At least with wrestling. <laughs> so, do you feel comfortable with the depth you have behind him to fill in at that one twenty five spot? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we had Joey
2: Prada. Um, uh, who won the wrestle off over Sam Latona? Who's a true freshman. Um, we have another kid in there named Brandon Wittenberg. So 25s, probably a weight class that we have as much or more depth at than any any weight class. Uh, you know, in, in in the lineup. So, yeah, no, we feel good about it. Joey Prada, um, you know, I wouldn't say maybe a little bit of a surprise that he beat Sam Latona in, in practice. Sam had been getting the better of him. Mm. Uh, they had wrestled some practice matches, and Sam had beaten him in some practice matches. But, you know, that being said, the match could have either went either way, and, and it's certainly uh, – that, that situation there is something that we will continue to evaluate throughout the course of the season and see how things go. Sam does have a, a red shirt available to him as a true freshman so um, that's
0: also something we're taking into consideration. And Corbin Myers was at 133 but he's moving down And at 133 you have Colin Girardi who's ranked top 15 in the nation as a red shirt freshman. How do you feel about him at that spot?
2: feel good. I, I felt like uh, Colin is the guy that came in here a year ago and um, I think is a very talented kid. I think his best wrestling and his best years are, are he's he's hitting his peak, I guess is the best way to put it, at the right time of his college wrestling career. And I feel like that, you know, he wasn't a highly recruited guy. He's a Virginia kid. We were one of only a couple schools that really recruited him. Um, So he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and I feel like he is, you know, thinks he has a lot to prove um with where he's at and he's come a long ways he's an incredibly disciplined kid he does everything right he's a talented guy so looked really good in our inner squad match against Colrone on friday um so yeah feel good about him but he's a young guy too you know we haven't seen a ton of him he had some success last year in open tournaments but uh definitely like his his development
1: up until this point in in his career so the, the move of Corbin down to 125, was that was that driven by liking what you have at 133? And, um, you know, did he want to do that? Is he a natural 133 or 125? Kind of fill that in for us. Uh, he, to, to be
2: honest, that, that decision is based off solely what we think is the best thing for Corbin. And okay. we just felt like he's a little bit small at uh, 133 um, and felt like he could make 125 and felt like if he could get down to 125, we think that it could you know, significantly change the results that he's had. So the decision for Corbin to go down um, or try to go down
0: was, was based on what we felt like was the best thing for him and what he could do at the end of the season. And so do you think if he comes back, you mentioned Corbin, could come back at 133, is there a reason that could happen?
2: Uh, I, my, my gut feeling is well, we just don't know. I mean, he's going to be... Uh, After surgery, he's not going to be able to do a lot for five or six weeks, so... There's a lot of uncertainty in terms of, you know, wh- wh- how, th- how he's going to react, how his body's going to react, uh, where he's going to be at weight-wise. So, he, you know, we're going to have to figure out what's the best thing for him and then give him that opportunity regardless. I mean, um, I, my gut feeling is it'll be at 125, but, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to paint him into a corner yeah. and, and, you know, say that he's going to be 123 or he has to go 123. We're going to do that based on what we feel like is the best thing for him and for his
0: senior year. And if we move on to 141, you have somebody who's really impressive, Mitch Moore. He was the ACC freshman of the year last year, had 10 falls. How do you feel with him in that spot? Good. Um, I feel like Mitch is as dialed in to the sport of wrestling as he's
2: ever been in his career. I feel like his focus has been really good. His discipline has been really good, and those are probably – The things that he needed to work on the most so um, he's been working very hard uh, trying to improve his game trying to add things to his wrestling Um, he scored a bunch of points from the top position on Friday night which was good to see so he's scoring points in different ways so um, I feel good about Mitch I, I feel like that his weight is in a really good place much better than it was a year ago he's making weight he's feeling good and I think when he feels good um, and he steps on the mat he, you know, he's capable of some really really big things and um, he's a guy that we're going to need to step up this year and, and kind of elevate himself from where he was last year um, for our program and he's certainly very very capable of doing that I think on his best day uh, I think he's one of the best guys in the
0: country. And he was great on Friday night got a tech fall on Don Latona uh, who is a redshirt junior and started twice last year just his performance on Friday, anything special you saw besides him uh, working well on top? It was good. I, I felt like he went out and was really
2: aggressive, um, which we, which I like to see. I mean, he went out, and, and, you know, Mitch is a strong, physical kid, and when he imposes himself on people, and he imposes his will on people and goes out there and, you know, kind of has to wrestle like a bully, I think that's when he's at his best, and that's what he did. And he kind of, you know, we call it overwhelming your opponent. He went out there, and he overwhelmed Dom Latona and, um you know, and, and when you do that, that's when the points start uh, racking up, and that's what he was able to do. So it was pretty impressive.
0: And then at 149, Brent Moore also ranked. Uh, he defeated Bryce Andonian, who I know is somebody you also have a lot of faith in as a true freshman coming in.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was one of the, I would say that one in 125 and 197 were weight classes where there was some uncertainty. We knew there were going to be tight competitive matches. Um, they had wrestled in practice, and some of the results went the other way in practice. But, again, that's why, that's why we do the inner squad. That's why we compete. Um, Brent did a really good job of, um, you know, I, I guess weathering the storm a little bit is the best way for me to put it against Bryce. Bryce comes out, and he's, you know, and this is something Bryce needs to work on. He's a home run hitter, and he, he comes out, and he comes out hard, and we like that. Um, But, you know, Brent was able to stay in there and and, uh, wrestle through those positions and um, really made Bryce work incredibly hard. And uh, Bryce probably wasn't as efficient with his energy as he should have been, and and I think it showed up a little bit. And then Bryce tweaked his ankle a little bit about halfway through the match. But um, Brent Moore, you know, I've got a lot of confidence in Brent. And Brent is, you know, he's a gamer when when it matters the most and when he's, Uh, got something to prove he goes out and he performs at his best and i felt like he he felt like he had something to prove on friday night you know i think maybe um you know from some of the results that they had had wrestling each other in practice it it, you know went the other way so um i think brent went out there and it was important to him and and like i said i mean he had he had a chip on his shoulder and it showed he did a nice job for us
1: what year is brent coach
2: brent is in his fourth year Mm -hmm. okay so he's red shirted um he's a he's technically a redshirt junior he could potentially get another year back on the on the end of his career um with an injury that he had he was out all last season with a with an injury
1: so how, how highly recruited was Bryce what's his story where where is he from
2: Bryce is from St. Edwards Ohio in Cleveland Ohio um which is one of the premier wrestling programs in the country we've had a lot of success recruiting guys out of St. Ty Walls is St. Ed's guy I've coached when I was at the University of Michigan, I coached several St. Ed's guys uh, there. So I have a pretty strong relationship with the coaches and the people in that program. Um, but, yeah, that's where he's from. He was highly recruited. He was a um, two-time Ohio State champion. I think he was the number four overall recruited his weight class coming out of high school, maybe the number 20 overall recruit. Um, was a you know a junior national champion last summer. so he's had all kinds of success. He's an incredibly talented guy. Um, one of the best athletes on our team. Um, so you know he, he's somebody that we're excited about. we're excited about his future. We think he's got tons of ability and um, you know he if he continues to grow and focus and, and be as committed as he's been, I think he's gonna do a lot of great things for us at Virginia. Tech. You
1: know, I imagine you'd love having two guys at that weight class that really challenge each other
2: definitely i think you know it's uh it's a matter it's a matter of having these guys pushing each other and yeah. you know i think when you have that a little bit and there's a little bit of uncertainty and um you feel like maybe your spot's in danger it makes you uncomfortable and when really when you get uncomfortable is when you have the most growth and when you, you improve the most and i think when you perform the, the best so um And I think we saw that this weekend. I think you know with Brent, that's I know that's when he's at his best when he feels like he has something to prove. So I felt like he had something to prove this weekend, and and he did a nice job with that. So, but yeah, I mean, ideally, we'd like to have that kind of depth at every weight class, and we're getting closer to that. I mean, we definitely are are have, uh, you know, we have some backups in some places that you feel real comfortable with.
0: And at one fifty seven, I know you definitely feel like you have the depth with connor brady the true freshman coming in and defeating bc Laprade last night the or excuse me friday night uh the red shirt junior uh connor brady coming in he was the ninth ranked recruit do you feel like he could be ready to start this year or is he probably a year away
2: um i think you know i think if he had to start i think he would be ready uh to do that that being said we we're really comfortable and confident in what bc Laprade can do for us um you know he's uh, he had a nice season last year i think he kind of broke out a little bit and and uh it was his first year in the starting lineup so he had some really good moments and had some moments where he didn't wrestle as well um but you know bc i think with more time uh and and if he continues to develop consistency is somebody we're really comfortable throwing out on the mat i mean i think bc is a competitive guy he's he's a great athlete big strong guy so he's uh He's somebody that we feel good about and we think can really help our team this year. And and Connor's likely gonna redshirt and and sit and continue to develop. And um, you know, kinda like a Makai Lewis situation Mm -hmm. where uh, you allow him to get better in in a few positions. And it really makes a big difference um, in the results that you have, you know, taking that redshirt year and developing and wrestling in open tournaments. And um,
0: you know, that's kind of what our plan is right now, at 157. And do you think Connor Brady could have that kind of impact that Makai Lewis did if he takes that redshirt year and uh, really perfects his craft this season?
2: I think Connor Brady has elite level talent. There's no question in my mind he does. You know, I mean, obviously Makai doing what Makai did is rare, but uh, you know, and I tell Connor this all the time, he's got world class talent. And um, when you have that kind of talent and that ability. You never know. I mean, anything is possible. So we we have high expectations for Connor over the course of his career at Virginia Tech. I think he's going to do some pretty awesome things.
1: Is, is he a guy that's definitely in the right weight class at this point in time, or could you see him moving up or down? No, or?
2: I think he's a fifty-seven pounder, likely for his career. Yeah. Um, but you never know. I mean, we're talking four or five years down the road.
1: Eighteen-year-old kids. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and Connor's—he's kind of been the same size for a while um in fact when he showed up this summer uh he was you know before we got him he could take some time off from training and wasn't lifting weights and uh, had actually lost a lot of weight and, and was weighing about 157 so but he's one of just genetically i mean he's a guy that starts lifting weights and he just just responds like you wouldn't believe he's that kind of athlete so unlike um, me <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so he's he's plenty big and strong and explosive but uh my my uh my gut feeling is that connor stays at 157 i know there's a lot of kind of speculation about that and people think that he can move up you know i mean it's, but we're in there with him every day we see him it's not he, he makes 157 uh, pretty easy
0: all right And at 165, you do do have somebody moving. David McFadden moving down to fill in for Makai Lewis, who's taking the Olympic red shirt. What are your expectations for David McFadden this year? Obviously top five ranked in the country. He could do a lot this year.
2: I I think um, for me and for David and and for our program, um, you know, Dave's shooting to win an NCAA title. And Dave's plenty good enough to do that, plenty capable enough to do that. Um, so for us, that's what, that's where our sights are set. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. Dave's been an all American three times already. I don't think just being a four time all American is, is, uh, something that he's going to be super excited about. Um, he wants to leave Virginia tech with an NCAA title. I think 165 is, is a weight that, uh, there's a better chance of him doing that at, and that's played in a little bit to the decision with Makai taking the Olympic red shirt is having giving Dave the opportunity to move back down to 165, a weight that's uh, somewhat difficult for him to make, but I think that he's going to have a lot more success at. And you know, Dave, he I think understands how much time is left in his career, and uh, you know, with the the the, the uh, the clock is ticking and the time is shrinking. And I think that's brought in a certain amount of focus and urgency for Dave that uh, is been higher than it has been in the past. So uh, yeah, you know, we're, Dave has looked fantastic in practice in, in the inner squad. He looked fantastic. Um, he's done a great job getting his weight in a, in a very, very manageable place for him, which wasn't easy. Um, you know, he was probably weighing in 185, uh... maybe in the high eighties uh... at some point last uh... last spring so his discipline has been really good and and that's the biggest thing for him he continues to be disciplined he continues to do what he needs to do outside of the wrestling room Um, you know i like his chances a lot
1: so let me ask you a question because i I don't know how this stuff works where is makai physically is he here at tech training here at tech can he and david wrestle against each other in practice you know Tell us about, with, with Makai taking the red shirt year, where is he and what's he doing? Makai currently is out, and he, he left for Colorado Springs again on Sunday.
2: Um, he just you know recently returned from, from Russia. He was wrestling over in Dagestan, Russia. Um, but Virginia Tech and Blacksburg is his home base, so he spends the majority of his time here. He'll come back on Thursday. He'll be here for a couple weeks. He'll go wrestle um, in another tournament here before too long. So yes, NCAA rules do allow him to practice with us, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he is not enrolled in school. He's not. That was my next question. Is he
1: taking classes? He's not taking classes. So that's how that He's works. He's
2: focusing one hundred percent on on his wrestling and and. Uh, you know trying to develop so yeah that's that's the way they, but so yes yeah, so but he dave, is allowed to
1: practice with you that's cool allowed to practice
2: yeah. with. Us. so he, he can do that so it's great i mean it, it allows him to train with guys like hunter boland dave mcfadden and and uh it's it's a win-win for all of those guys
1: so that segues into something i'm kind of getting ahead of myself here something <laughs> i want to talk about you had Makai and hunter wrestle each other friday night what's Makai's weight right now what's hunter's weight because they were listed in the in the material that came out ahead of time it was the 184 so,
2: yeah, um, Hunter had to weigh we let our guys weigh in plus one. So Hunter weighed in at one eighty five an hour before we didn't even weigh Makai in because uh, he doesn't you know, he's not he probably weighed. I would guess that Makai was somewhere in the mid 70s Okay. when they when they stepped on the mat. So right. um, so Hunter, fairly had, close, Hunter yeah. probably had close to 10 pounds on him. Okay. You know, Makai's weight that he's going to compete at is one sixty three, uh, seventy four kilos. So, yeah. All yeah.
0: right. And we can talk about Hunter Bolin a little bit at 184. Redshirt last year, but was the 2018 ACC Freshman of the Year. Just what expectations do you have for him coming back from that redshirt year?
2: Uh, we have high expectations. Hunter, uh, the, I think the redshirt year was really good for him. Um, he had a great freshman year as a true freshman. But I think he really developed over the course of the last year in a lot of areas. Physically, he's gotten, you know, really big and really strong. Uh, I think his confidence is in a place where he's an opportunity to to be competing Saturday night at the NCAA tournament and, and being in the NCAA finals and winning the NCAA championship. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's uh, kind of, I think, what the work. Where Hunter's goals are, that's where we think he's capable of being. But, you know, obviously that's he's got a lot of, lot of uh, time between now and then. He needs to continue to progress, continue to get better. But uh, we've liked what we've seen from Hunter. Uh, when he goes out there and he's aggressive and he imposes himself and he tries to overwhelm guys, he's a really hard guy to handle. Um, he's incredibly strong, inc- incredibly aggressive kid. He's just tough to stay with.
1: Went uh, 13-1 and wrestling unattached last year. Who was the one in that 13-1? Anybody he's going to see again?
2: Yeah, he lost to a kid uh, from Penn State who was was, – Eye roll. (laughs) Was – I think he was an All-American last year. Kind of got hurt at the end of the season, and uh, he didn't finish the season as as well as he probably was capable of. But um, Hunter beat, you know, I think three guys that were NCAA All-Americans last year, that place. So
0: he's right in the mix. I mean, he's right there with all those guys. Yeah. Did we skip a weight class? We did. We'll, we'll go back to 174. I just want to say, I, I have a class with Hunter Boland. I can vouch. He is a very big guy. Large individual. Yeah, he sits right across from me in my meteor writing class. I can vouch. He, <laughs> he, he's got some size. Uh, uh, we'll go back to 174. David McFadden moving down to 165, as we mentioned. Do you feel comfortable with the people you have behind him at 174 to step up?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, it actually worked out good. We have a kid named Cody Hughes who's been with our program, fifth year senior has never been able to crack the starting lineup. Um, He's had some really good guys in front of him, Zach Epperly and David McFadden. And, um, you know, so he, uh, for him, it's an opportunity, which I'm excited that he gets this opportunity because I think he's pretty capable. His work ethic is, is really good. Um, his commitment, you know, what I see from him in the wrestling room is really good. He now, you know, Cody needs to go out and he needs to take what he's doing in the wrestling room and it needs to translate in the competition a little bit more. I will say that he looked on, on Friday night. He looked as good as I've seen him look uh, in our in our squad match. He wrestled fantastic, um, but he's somebody that we really believe in. Um, I know he's unproven, so you know there's a, there's a certain amount of uncertainty in terms of how he's going to perform. But uh, I, I know it's important to him. I know that physically he's capable of, of having a great year for us and helping our team. And I know, you know, that he's got the work ethic uh, behind him as well. So, again, you know, he, he needs to stay disciplined, him and Dave, and, and make sure that their weight is manageable, that they feel good, that they're doing all the right things.
0: Yeah, redshirt senior, so this is it for him. Yep, last chance. And he wrestled a true freshman, okay, so kind of experience versus youth. Colton Clark, what do you f- what are your thoughts on him probably getting a redshirt this year?
2: Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, not necessarily, but if we need him, he'll wrestle um, is, is my feeling. Um, there's, you know, uh, he, he's got a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of development to do. He's from Alabama. Um, you know, he had a little bit of success on the national level, but but not uh, not a ton. so I think just at, at, for, and from a wrestling standpoint, um, he's got a lot of work to do technically. He's got... He's got to change his style a little bit. He's got to adjust to college wrestling. So I think the more matches that we can get him this season, the better off it is for Colton. Um, I think that in time uh, he, can, he can contribute to our program. You know? But he, he's definitely a developmental guy. It's going to take some time. And you know, ultimately it's going to be up to him. How hard does he want to work? What does he want to do with this opportunity? And, and is he going to take advantage of the resources that he has around him to continue to improve and get better?
0: So we'll move up to 197 now, a class where you're replacing Tom Slay, who was a four-time NCAA qualifier. You have Stan Smeltzer in there, who defeated Cody Howard on Friday night. How do you feel about Stan Smeltzer heading forward in the season?
2: Good, in and that, in that match was incredibly close. It definitely could have went either way. Um, very good match. I thought both guys wrestled pretty well. Um, they wrestled hard. Um, you know, Cody made some mistakes that probably cost him the match, so... That that weight class is kind of to be determined. Um, okay. That's going to be ongoing. Both of those guys have already redshirted, so um, we'll give both of them an opportunity um, to to compete and see how they do. And uh, you know that the, you may see that thing flip flop a couple of different times throughout the course of the season before we settle in on on one guy. And, and hopefully one guy will establish himself as the is the more dominant wrestler, and it's an easy decision for us to make. So. Um, but, yeah, no, feel good about both those guys. They both have tremendous work ethic. Um, you know, Stan has gotten bigger and stronger and moved up uh, from 184 to 197, which has probably helped him a little bit because guys aren't quite as athletic at 197, and um, strength has never been an issue for him. So, He's, he's done a nice job with his development. I was very impressed with how he wrestled on Friday. Cody Howard's got a huge gas tank. He, he uh, He's a hard guy to stay with, and, and uh, he gets a lot of guys incredibly tired and wins some matches in the third period in the end. And, um, you know, I think there was probably a lot of people that thought that might be the case on Friday night, and Stan was able to stay in there and battle and wrestle hard and wrestle smart and, and able to get that victory. So, uh, again, an, another weight class where we have some. some depth that we feel good about
1: could there be a, like a matchup thing where going into a dual meet or, or something like that maybe you take a look at potential matchups and decide based on the strengths of your two wrestlers which one to put out there
2: i, I think definitely um at least until one of those guys establishes himself right. as the is the more dominant guy is the person that really deserves that spot but I, yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, styles, I, I think that's something that as coaching staff we will definitely take into consideration in terms of which guy we decide to wrestle.
0: And Stan, coming back from a season-ending injury last season, do you feel 100% confident in his health heading into this year? He looked pretty good on Friday <laughs> night, <Yeah>. so
2: <laughs> you never know with health, but yeah, I mean, as of, as of today, yes
0: and last one we'll look at the heavyweight replacing billy miller another four-time ncaa qualifier so up at the heavier weights you're having to replace some uh, experienced guys john borst getting a tech fall on friday night how, how did he look john looked really good um you know
2: he wrestled jared i give jared Trong a lot of credit the guy that he wrestled he's a he's a walk-on from from up in the richmond area he's only been wrestling for like three years so he was definitely outmanned but um He's a kid that's a big, strong, athletic guy who I think can really help us down the road. But you know, a month or two into the season, his true freshman year, he's not quite ready for for that. Yeah. And uh, he was out, man. But John looked good. Uh, John's got a ton of potential. Uh, great athlete, big, strong kid, good wrestler for a heavyweight. He's definitely a better wrestler than a lot of those guys that he's competing against. Um, but, yeah, he, needs, he just needs to continue to grow and get better. Big big season for John. I, mean, I, I know what he's capable of doing, um, but he needs to step out there and he needs
0: to prove it every time he steps on the mat. All right, I think we've gone through the entire lineup. Unless, Will, you have something to add on any of the wrestlers?
1: No, let's just take a break and uh,
0: thank Fisher Law Firm for their
1: sponsorship. So, have at it.
0: Yep, this week and every week, the TSL podcast is presented by the Fisher Law Firm. Virginia's trusted DUI and traffic defense firm dedicated to defending individuals charged with traffic-related offenses from their offices in Blacksburg and Roanoke. The Fisher Law Firm handles cases throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia. To date, the firm has defended more than 30,000 people charged with moving violations. For a free consultation, call anytime, day, or evening, toll-free at 1-800-680-7031 or email us at info so now I think we move into the schedule. We already started talking about it a little bit. You talked about Missouri, uh, top-10 team, haven't beaten them in the last couple of years. You welcome to Blacksburg on Saturday. How important is it to compete well with them at starting the season Saturday at noon?
2: Yeah, every time you step out on the mat, <laughs> it's important that we compete well. So um, I, I think as much as anything, it, it's going we're gonna have a really good idea of where we're at as a team. Uh, we have we have I think five. Five or six weight classes where we have new faces uh, this year. 149. Brent's back in the lineup after a year off. Um, 174. We got Cody Hughes in there who hasn't has never really started for us before. 184. We lost Zach Savatsky, um, filling in with somebody who's very capable. Hunter 100 Boland. 197. Slay graduated. Heavyweight Billy Miller graduated. So. A uh, lot of uncertainty, a uh, little bit of youth, which is, you know, which is good, which is fine, and uh, is, you know, shouldn't really, to me, is not an excuse. It shouldn't make a difference in our results, but uh, as a coach, we just need to see more of these guys and see what they're about and see how they compete, so I'm anxious to, to uh, have that opportunity and have it against a very, very well-coached, quality opponent, a uh, program
0: that I respect a lot, a coach that I respect a lot, so um, it'll, be, it'll be a good day. Yeah, young, young team kind of getting thrown into the fire against the top 10 teams. See has some of those guys react on Saturday. So to give people a little background, Tech's ranked
1: 16th and 17th. I was looking through the Internet rankings. I think so. Did you guys pay a whole lot of attention to that as coaches? I mean, you know, um, I want to sit here and ask the question, oh, you guys are ranked 16th and 17th. Where's Missouri ranked? Yeah. You don't really think about things that way, do
2: you? I, I, don't e- I didn't even know what we were ranked until somebody told me um, – on a podcast or something. I
1: was. Doing, yeah. Uh, I think it's 16th and dual yeah, meets and 17th and so, tournament or the other way around.
2: It, you know, here's, I, I don't I number one. It's so early in this. It's like college football rankings before yeah. the season starts. Right. I mean, nobody really knows there's so much uncertainty and so many new guys and new faces. And, and guys
1: can get hurt. And, and yeah.
2: So there's uh, you know, to me, the, the least accurate rankings are the ones that come out early in the season. Right. Um, so I, I don't in, in overall, I don't get caught up in, in the rankings a whole lot. Uh, like I said before, I, I kind of understand why we're not ranked as high as we've been just because you know, we've had one guy, we have one guy in our lineup that has proven that he can get it done at the NCAA tournament, that's, David, that's McFadden. David right? So I, I, I understand that. I see that. I look at that as a challenge. Hopefully but but our guys at the same time,
1: for people who don't really follow wrestling, you know, we talked about uh, um, who was it that went 13 1 on a tackle? Hunter when you're red shirt and you don't play and they don't right. know anything about you. But wrestling's a little different where a guy can red shirt and they have an idea of, of, of what they've got coming in.
2: Yeah. It's a lot different. Our, when our guys are in their red shirt, they can compete in open tournaments. Yeah. So they go to, they probably wrestle 25 to 30 matches throughout the course yeah. of the season. Um, some of the competition's very good. They'll go to like, we'll wrestle the Southeast open you guys. Our guys are red shirt in this year, which is this weekend on Sunday. Um, in Roanoke at the Bergland Center, um, and they'll see some good competition. I mean, North Carolina is bringing their whole team. Missouri's bringing 18 guys. West Virginia's bringing their whole team. Um, so there's a lot of really good quality competition there for some of these young redshirt guys. So, yeah, in Hunter's case last year, he went to, to a tournament over uh, right after New Year's. It's called the Southern Scuffle. It's, it's uh, Tennessee Chattanooga where he was able to wrestle some real quality opponents. Oklahoma State was there. Penn State was there. Yeah. Um, wrestled a, a really good kid from Binghamton who was ranked highly at the, in the country. Uh, and had some success against those guys. He beat a kid from UNC last year that was an NCAA All-American. So, so we have at least something to measure kind of where he's at, and that's part of the reason he's ranked, you know, whatever he's ranked in the country. Right. I think he's ranked in the top eight. Um, you know, I think he's better than that. But, um, yeah, so, so there is opportunity to compete. There is opportunity to evaluate these guys. There is a little bit of basis for maybe where they have him ranked uh, preseason based on what he did as a redshirt.
1: So, from from a team standpoint, looking at the ACC, uh, clearly it's a a long season. But going in, how do you think the teams kind of shake out in the ACC? Who would you say is the favorite this year? I I mean, is NC State bringing a lot of guys back or or what? I think that the ACC is
2: probably as competitive as it's ever been from top to bottom. I mean, there's not a huge gap between the the fourth team and the first team in the ACC, where in the past I think it's – You know, a lot of years it was just us and NC State, and I think that's starting to change. Um, But, you know, that being said, I think NC State on paper brings back, you know, they've got four guys that are ranked very high in the country. They've got some young guys in there as well, too. So, um, you know, hard to say. I, I, again, it's early, early in the season. They've got some new faces in there as well, but they definitely have more returners that that uh, are more established than we do at this particular point on paper, if you want to kind of look at it like we that. Look at it that you way. Know. <laughs> so, to me, again, uh, that's – that's we're worried about Missouri that's so far down the road right now um that's so that's it
1: that said for my knowledge I think last year the ACC kind of saved Didn't didn't tech and NC State wrestle on basically the last weekend last year
2: we did yeah we wrestled uh NC State on the, the last weekend of the regular season yeah. ended up we ended up tying and then we lost yeah. that match on criteria it was kind of a crazy match Makai had scored some back points that would have given him a major decision, which would have won it, and then they took it away. So it was. I was uh, there. I remember.
1: Wild, I remember you know? some. It was, <laughs> it was certainly entertaining. Last
2: like, last two years that we've wrestled them, they've been very entertaining, um, dual meets, and and uh, I don't think our fan bases like each other a lot, so that makes it even better.
1: Have they? Uh, yeah, I remember some of the guys that I that I watched that with that follow wrestling more closely. I don't I don't think they care for the way NC State wrestles. You know the, the way they the way they approach it. Um, are, are they has the acc set you up to close with nc state again this year
2: we're actually not no we the, we'll wrestle them the second to the last weekend of the season okay. and we close at pittsburgh
1: this right. year um uh, and have you got uh um the moss Art center match have you, have you got that set up with uva this year or, or we're, going we're actually to-
2: gonna wrestle duke
1: so yeah, because UVA we'll, came here. Yeah, we're last we're, at,
2: we're wrestling UVA at John Paul Jones um, on a Friday, late January, I believe. It's January thirtieth, maybe. But um, yeah, so we wrestle at the Moss Arts on I, I, I want to say it's either February seventh or eighth. I think it's the seventh. I believe it's a Saturday. Uh, against Duke, so and Duke, and, yeah. and then we also wrestle. We're wrestling Northwestern out on the baseball field too. I don't know. Oh I yeah, yeah. That. Tell yeah. us all about that, Duke. so
1: we can kind of get the get the fans who are listening that might not know about that. Yeah,
2: so uh, this is something that some other schools have done. Um, Iowa wrestled Oklahoma State's on uh, their football field a few years back, and they had I think close to forty thousand people there. Wow. So uh, Rutgers has done it. There's been several schools that have that have done some outside dual meets. Uh, so for us, um, the you know Union Park, English field is is really an ideal environment and setting for us to do an outdoor wrestling match. I, I just think from a capacity standpoint, uh, it's something that we can put a lot of people in. I think we can fill it up. Um, I think it seats, 2,500 people with the seats, and then obviously there's a lot more other seating options there, but...
1: And, uh, and when is that scheduled for? I'm thinking November
2: weather.
1: 14th, November th- 10th. No,
2: I'm sorry, yeah, you're right. November, November Sunday, no, Sunday, November 10th um, at 1 o'clock.
1: And that's the day after Tech hosts uh, Wake Forest and in is. football. It is. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yes. So... Weather could get a little bit dodgy.
2: Yeah, it could. That's um, yeah. definitely, we're, we're rolling the dice a little bit with that. Um, yeah. It's something that's out of our control, so we're not going to worry about it too much. And if it's too bad, we'll just move it over to Castle Coliseum. But weather permitting, I think it'll be, a, it'll be really cool for our fans. It'll be another unique venue and opportunity to, to watch our guys compete and uh, something that's maybe somewhat unconventional.
1: Yeah, so when I heard about it, I had two thoughts. I thought, number one, that's really cool. Number two, it gets Atlantic Union Bank a little bit more bang for their sponsorship buck. It gets their (laughs) name out there a little bit more. So, so for your uh, future discussing it, they used to be Union Bank. They're now Atlantic Union Bank. So make
2: sure
0: you put the word Atlantic in there. I I appreciate that. (laughs) I appreciate that. I I actually do my banking there. I should know that. Ah,
1: Stuff's important, (laughs) man.
0: That's going to be a pretty competitive match too, because. Intermat, I know we talked about how rankings at this point in the season aren't as important, but Intermat has Northwestern seventeenth in duels and Virginia Tech sixteenth in duels. And then okay. in tournament it's flipped. So it's almost so they're right there with it's each it's almost other. identical ranking wise. Yeah, it yeah But, but it all comes
1: into the individual matchups.
0: It yeah. does yes. and they're really strong at three way classes. One twenty
2: five is a two-time All American form, a kid named Sebastian Rivera, um, who coached Brewer, who our, our new assistant coach was at Northwestern last season. So he knows nice. those guys pretty well. So you got some well. skinny. Yeah, and uh, he, he's, he's excellent. I mean, the guy, when he was the number one seed at the NCAA tournament, 157, they've got another guy that's two-time All-American who is, I think, you know, well, seated seeded third maybe at the NCAAs. And they're going to have a freshman in there, 197, a kid named Lucas Davison, who's, who's going to be really good. He's, you know, if he didn't All-American this year, I'd be shocked. Um, we we've set, we saw him this summer. He made the he made the junior world team. Um, I think he was second junior world championships over the summer. So uh, they they're definitely strong, really strong at three weight classes, and, and um, you know and they're solid at some other ones as well.
1: November tenth. Yep. Looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then week after that, one more matchup I want to talk about going to Columbus to face Ohio State, who is always one of the best teams in the country.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's exciting for us. They just built a uh, $42 million uh, competition slash practice uh, facility. So uh, there's a lot of buzz. That facility is near
1: and dear to my heart. Uh,
2: there's a lot of buzz with that. I, as a coach, um, I'm excited to, to get an opportunity to go up there and see it and check it out and see what they have. But Do, the,
1: do you think that's something where you'll go in ahead of time and get the tour and talk to people in yeah, detail about what they did?
2: Definitely. Um, their coaches are good friends of mine so we we, you all in wrestling you know if we wrestle on a sunday we get there on saturday and we'll go in and use their room on saturday to to work out yeah so our guys get on the mat we'll have an opportunity to get in there and and then also for the warm when we warm up um before our match you know we use their wrestling room so we'll we'll, we'll get a uh you know a sneak peek or we'll definitely get a behind the scenes look at that uh, that facility we're also taking a fan bus up to Columbus we've got a we got a package where you can get a hotel you can get the ticket it will sell out so uh, we've purchased some tickets so if you need a ticket let us know Uh, if you want to travel with our team and, and stay Um, in our team um, fan hotel, you can do that, but it's a pretty cool deal. Hopefully we'll get a lot of people to take advantage of that. I know we've already gotten quite a few that are are signed up already. So, but that'll be a tough match. You know, Ohio State is traditionally, I think they've been second in the country the last several years, second or third in the country, almost every single year. They're a little bit younger this year too. They've lost some guys last year. So, um, you know, that being said, I think they're still ranked third in the country uh, Mm. currently. So. Uh, but yeah, we're excited about that challenge and excited about getting up there and wrestling those guys.
1: Yeah, do you know how many how many people does their new place hold? It's a good question. I, I don't know. It's
2: somewhere in the four or five thousand seat range. Right. They, they 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 have a stage that they put you on, just like the NCAA tournament. So you you wrestle up on the on a raised platform, and they've got. Uh, they've got seats down on the floor so it'll be a really good environment i saw a picture from their inter-squad match and uh yeah it was it was pretty neat And, and for us that's important that we get into some some environments where we go wrestle some teams that have that and and can create that and i think it helps prepare our guys for the end of the season you know you go to the ncaa championships and there's it's hard to duplicate that that environment and uh just some of the the potential nerves and and, uh anxiety that can go along with competing in that kind of atmosphere so i think the more you do it the more you get your guys exposed to it throughout the course of the season the more it's going to help them at the end when it really matters the most
1: it kind of is a tangent watching makai go through the ncaa's last year I, i think one of the more fun interesting things was Uh, you know you're talking how many mats are at the NCAAs is it six mats or eight it starts
2: with eight and then they they slowly break it down you know as the rounds progress
1: they got into those later rounds and it was interesting that the fans are from everywhere But they all they all know what's going on, you know, and they knew what Mackay was doing, and it was fun watching fans wearing other colors, reacting to what he was doing, and that's that's just a blast to watch.
2: Yeah, it's it's. I always tell people if you've never if you if you're even a casual wrestling fan and you've uh, never been in the NCAA Championships, it's something I highly highly encourage you to do. It's one of the best sporting events that you can go to. Uh, One of the unique things is about it is with with the team score. There's a lot of fans are rooting against certain guys, so yeah. if you happen to be wrestling one of those guys that maybe a Penn State or whoever is rooting against, they're they're all on your side. And we had a lot of people get behind Makai last year because it was such a great story. Um,
1: you Plus, know, they also wanted him to beat the guy he was wrestling to help their team out, right? Correct. Yeah. In some
2: cases, yeah. So you, you get that a little bit. And we always take a great fan base too. I mean, we you know we we're, we're typically selling out of tickets for the NCAA championships, so. Um, in fact, we're getting ready to release, I'll be sending an email this week um, uh, with giving people the opportunity to purchase tickets for the NCAA championships in our section. This year it's in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, at, their, at the, where the Vikings play so in the past tickets have been a huge issue to difficult to get this year it's not going to be as much of an issue so if people are interested um you know we'll have a pretty smooth process that they can go in and request their tickets and they're pretty much everybody that requests tickets will get tickets this year from virginia Tech. see
1: that's intriguing to me because i've got a brother-in-law who uh, lives up in up in minnesota uh he and my sister they spend half their time well i wouldn't say half but they spend they own homes in new orleans and up in minnesota so and i i haven't been able to make the ncaa wrestling tournament because virginia tech's been going to the ncaa right. basketball tournament at the same time so i've kind of had to deal with that and cover that with, with mike young rebuilding this year that's um you know you never want to rule things out but it, it's it's not likely, so it's I'm it's intrigued. Unlikely. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah. All
2: right. Well, if you can make it, I, I like I said, I, I think uh, I think you'd enjoy it. I yeah. think it would it would really uh, I can't think make you a much bigger wrestling fan just just seeing that thing. It's it's a awesome event.
0: Yeah. And you and Mackay were able to get out on Lane, out at Lane Stadium for the North Carolina game, and he was honored for winning the national championship. Got a pretty big ovation. How cool was that for you two? It was really cool for him. Um, I, you know, uh, it was cool for me too, just to be there and be a
2: part of it. But uh, it's great to see him get that kind of recognition. Um, it's well deserved, for sure. Uh, what he did was pretty remarkable. There's, there's no doubt about it. I think that uh, the one thing that everybody knows that's affiliated with our fan base is uh, they're, they're loyal people, and uh, I think there was a lot of people really excited to see Makai out there on the field, and uh, you know, he got a well-deserved standing ovation and uh it was good to see him get recognized without a doubt
1: well i said about it at the time you know he he benefited from a from a few things uh you know the the deeper you got it was on espn so it was accessible and people could see it and and i said at the time even if you don't know anything about wrestling you can you can watch it and enjoy it and and i think the phrase i used at the time it's it's one guy trying to beat another and everybody on some level understands right. that, you yeah. know? And so so I think he was in a special situation where it wasn't just what he accomplished, but it was the fact that it was easily visible. And I think, again, whether you know the rules or not, it's a pretty accessible sport, you know? The the team scoring and, and, and everything can also get complicated, but just watching two guys go at it, that's pretty easy to get.
2: Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the one thing for me i heard from a lot of people that were virginia tech people and virginia tech fans maybe not virginia tech wrestling fans that watched it because the ncaa basketball game was i think preceding it It was it was on right afterward um, yeah so we, we we had a lot of eyeballs on it. it it was espn did an unbelievable job just capturing that moment um just overall with the whole event they they, they they're they do a fantastic job. It's, it's really brings it across. I think wrestling comes across on TV very well. Um, and, you know, just the, 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 whole thing with his parents and going home how yeah, his parents was, the was really cool, was special. And I think from a fan standpoint, you know, it's a, it's, it's a 15, 20 minute investment into their, their time to, to, to tune in and watch that one particular match. So, uh, it was certainly a huge moment, not only for Virginia Tech wrestling, but really for I think our athletic department, to for us to be able to, sh- to be showcased on ESPN, primetime TV, um, and a lot of really cool storylines that went along with Makai winning the NCAA's.
1: Yeah, Virginia Tech is still searching for that elusive team national championship in any sport. Yeah, but uh, you know they've had some individual national champions and. And it was just a blast to watch. You know, they've they've racked up some individual national championships in track and right. like uh, hammer throws and weight throws and things like that. That's not something you're going to be watching. You know, Saturday night uh, on ESPN like like
0: watching Makai.
1: So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I remember watching it. I I wouldn't have considered myself an expert on wrestling last year, but it was definitely fun to watch and definitely knowing that you go to the same school as Makai and that he uh, he was able to get that done, get that individual national championship. It was really cool to watch.
1: Yeah, and there, there were a couple of things about it. I remember him talking about, uh, you know, the whole thing of him going over to see his parents afterwards. I remember when we had him, had you and Makai on the podcast last year, Makai said he didn't even know where his parents were until yeah. after the, the match was over. And I've watched that replay a lot, and, and you can see it. He gets his hand raised in the air, and he's turning around, and he sees them, and you can see it. That's that, that moment of, oh, that's where they are. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody watching on television knew because you talked about ESPN's production of it, and they did it, particularly with their lower camera angles. It's a phenomenal job of capturing the action and the people right around the mat, and then even the, the larger crowd that extends beyond it. Uh, you know, ESPN takes a, a lot of heat for some of the stuff they do, but. When they apply their craft to the production of live sports, they can they can do a great job,
2: no doubt. How much more you can to add that? Yeah, showcases yeah. at the NCAA wrestling championships for our sport. It's it's uh, it's huge to yeah. be able to showcase it like that.
0: All right, do we want to go over to our producer Malcolm Stewart with some Facebook Live questions as we wind down here?
3: Sure. <coughs> Uh, we'll start with Eric Fisher. He says, "I really don't know wrestling too or wrestling recruiting too well. Does our program do better with uh, blue chip recruits or finding diamonds in the rough?" Hopefully, both. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it takes both, all right? <laughs>
3: yeah, we've done. You know,
2: overall, we've done a really good job with recruiting um, the last couple years. Uh, I'll say that much. Feel great about the freshman class that we have currently, and then also, you know, what we have. Uh, we, we can't really talk about the the class of 2020 that we have uh, until they sign in November, officially. But feel great about that class as well. So. Um You know, for us, you have to have both. You have to have guys like Colin Girardi who weren't highly recruited guys that end up helping your team and helping your program and hopefully going on to having great careers. But I think you also have, you know, if you look at what some of, you know, Penn State and Ohio State's doing, they're getting, you know, the blue chip kids. It's like, uh, you know, it's like Alabama football. Yeah. They they go get whoever they want. Two and three layers deep. Yeah, and and the talent Mm. matters. And, uh, you know, so you have to have a combination of both, and, and hopefully we're doing that
1: so let's uh that kind of segues we did want to talk about recruiting as much as we yeah. can you know the, the current freshman class you've got uh, i believe was ranked fifth by either flow or Intermat or, or both uh, how many guys are in that class
2: uh that was uh guys that were that probably contributed to that ranking it was sam latona who's 122 freshman 125 from alabama was highly ranked kid coming out of high school um and i hope i don't forget anybody um Kid named Dan Mancini, who's probably going to be a 57 pounder, maybe maybe bigger at some point. Hard to say. Um, he was he's a Pennsylvania State champion, um, which is for those people that know wrestling, Pennsylvania is uh, you know arguably, and not arguably in my opinion, I think it's the best high school wrestling state. So that's not easy to do. Uh, Connor Brady, who we talked about, who was out of Columbus, Ohio, was uh, very highly ranked. Bryce Andonian was very highly ranked. Colton Clark, who we discussed briefly from, um, from Alabama, was, was ranked as well, not probably as high. Kid named Brandon Wittenberg, who was a four-time Virginia State champ, um, you know, at 125, uh, contributed to that. So it's probably, I, this this past year we brought in about 10 kids or so, I would say, something yeah. like that
1: so the the current class which of course we can't talk about on an on an individual basis uh when's national signing day when is that open it's first second
2: first second wednesday in november second which i wednesday. think is the 13th i'm okay. not positive
1: um and, and those guys uh you and i talked about before we sat down and started recording uh, i said oh your your class is ranked third in the country and you said well i just looked at the latest rankings and it's second um, Again, you can't talk about the guys individually, but I can ask you a general question. When when you take this freshman class that's here now and the group of recruits you've got for for this year slash next year, what I always tell people is if you recruited, and and putting it in football terms, if you recruited 15 five-star wide receivers, you'd have a really highly ranked recruiting class, but you'd have an awful football team right the the guys that you're bringing in how do they mesh as far as weight classes with the guys you've already got here yeah
2: it's a good question so it's uh you have to try to spread it out as much as possible so um we target certain weight classes that we feel like our needs for our team and our program and you know that's what kind of a starting point for us in recruiting um so yeah you know we we needed we felt like we needed to go get a big guy so we were able to go out and get get a heavyweight who's uh, you know he's ranked number one in the country not that that really means anything but he, you know where's he
1: from he's from pennsylvania
2: okay so um, so it's not
1: like you went to uh i don't know new mexico or Colorado. no we yeah. don't we
2: don't leave we we don't really need to leave pennsylvania ohio new jersey uh virginia so we really try to stay on the east coast um it just makes more sense we three of the five kids that we have committed to us that will sign in november are, are all our are pennsylvania kids one's a new jersey kid and one's a
1: virginia kid so how how are you doing that as, as virginia tech you're going into an area that ohio state and penn state and programs like that heavily recruit and you're getting highly ranked guys what 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 do you attribute that success to
2: well i think number one um have a lot of relationships in those i'm from pennsylvania originally um you know have been recruiting pennsylvania
1: ohio you know so you've got pictures of people and you're saying <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no nothing like that but um so anyways yeah we we uh have good relationships and you know wrestling is a sport there you only have 9.9 scholarships so um there's sometimes these kids you know don't it's the same with us i mean we lose kids because we can't make them offers that Maybe other schools are making them sometimes. Right. You only have you don't have – football has 85 scholarships. It's a lot easier to
1: – Everybody's getting a full scholarship. Everybody's yeah. getting a full
2: scholarship. We have 9.9. 9, we can spread it out as much as we want to, so that plays into it sometimes. But to me, the biggest thing in recruiting is just going out and, and really developing relationships with these kids. Uh, they, they have good options of where they can go to school, most, yeah. of, most of these kids. They have good options. They have places that have – track records of success very similar to what we have um, but you've got to go out there and you've got to sell them on the fact that they can accomplish their goals at Virginia Tech they can win national titles they can make World and Olympic teams they can win World and Olympic medals and that combined with the fact that uh, they, they trust you I think that's really important the trusting the coaching staff um, and then selling what we have to sell at Virginia Tech, and, and we're fortunate that we have a lot to sell here. Uh, it's a great institution. Uh, we bring people down on campus, and it's you know you bring somebody down on campus, and the sun's shining, and it's a nice day. This is this is. Not a well, a tough you place bring a kid sell. from
1: Pennsylvania down here, and he's not going to say that it's cold. You know, it, I mean, my, my wife true. is from Pennsylvania, and yeah. it's 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 another level above us in terms right. of weather. So, yeah. so hopefully that hopefully
0: the weather's not the deciding factor for most of these kids, <laughs> yeah, you but, know, you but, know, but it, it, it doesn't it's hurt, It's all right? part of it. The it food's pretty good, well, too. Well, you just can't have them walk across the drill field in February. That You can't yeah. let them do that. Yeah, I don't think it's that old. <laughs> we, we need to dedicate a lot colder, you know. We yeah. need to dedicate a podcast sometime to Virginia Tech
1: weather stories. I've got a couple, yeah. but um and yeah, you know captain yeah. obvious reporting for duty here i'm sure makai lewis winning a national championship has, has certainly helped your cred on the recruiting trail because you can you can now say yeah you can come here and win a national championship yeah
2: definitely and, and for in makai's case it was he makai wasn't a guy that was a you know somebody who was probably considered a five-star recruit coming out of high school I mean, he was very good but right. um he wasn't I, I don't think there was a lot of people a lot of prognosticators that were predicting makai to come in and maybe even win one national title, let alone one as as a freshman. Um, So his development and his success, it's easy for us to go out and sell that. And uh, I think it's easy for people to see that, you know, recruits. So it provides them an opportunity to be a teammate with Makai too, taking this Olympic red shirt for, you know, three years. And uh, we're also selling them on the fact that we think we're going to have a pretty pretty darn good squad here uh over the course of the next three or four years too and kids want to be on teams that can win and can hopefully win trophies at the ncaa championships, so that that helps as well
1: so uh wore that topic out appreciate the question from eric fisher eric Eric, eric's really good he's always on facebook
3: asking us questions so you got anything else malcolm sure jeff akins i think is how you pronounce it um He says, I understand Corbin is having the same type of neck surgery that BC had. How likely is it that he can get back in time for the ACC, NCAA? Is there a minimum number of matches he has to wrestle to qualify? All of those
2: things are to be determined. Right. (laughs) So to be quite honest with you, um, you know, I'm not going to comment a lot about Corbin's health, um, but he's, you know, hopefully... Corbin will have an opportunity to come back sometime second semester.
1: So if, if you missed the beginning of the podcast, Tony did address you know, Corbin's situation in a little
3: bit more detail at the beginning. All right. Uh, John Houchins, uh, what's the biggest need that VT Wrestling fans can do to help push the program even further forward as a fan base? Oh, I, I, I like John checks in the mail, <laughs> man. That's,
1: that's an excellent question.
2: Um, I, I think for us, kind of where we're at is this is uh number one we need to keep we need to keep putting a lot of people in the stands at castle coliseum keep coming to events you know support the program by by showing up and cheering for our guys and hopefully we continue to put a good product on the mat that's going to entertain them and in the second area that we need to get, continue to get better is just you know with our facilities um we're going to do Hopefully do something after this season um, where we do a, a pretty major renovation to our office spaces and our locker rooms and update a bunch of graphics and things like that. But uh, ultimately, you know, big picture, um, you know, facilities are important. So, you know, along with facilities, the, the next thing is money and you, and you got to continue to support the program financially. And, and listen, we've we're very grateful to. Everybody who has supported, you know, both the Hokie Club and our, our uh, drive for 25 days, and and then also the Southeast Regional Training Center, because those both of those components are really critical uh, to our success as a program and our, our continued success as a program. So grateful to everybody that's gotten involved. I feel like we've done a pretty good job of broadening our our donor base and, and getting more people to give and uh all those dollars add up and on they all uh they all
1: help us out so regarding the southeast regional training center uh for for people who may not be familiar with wrestling and the role that plays um you know i don't, I don't want to get into a lot of detail about it but basically um the more money you have for the regional training center the better staff and more staff you can hire and that gives wrestlers better training opportunities to excel and learn and and be better wrestlers that's essentially what that's all about correct
2: yeah that's well said so so basically what we want to do is we want to um, create opportunities for as many high level olympic hopefuls as we possibly can and then allow them to to make Blacksburg their home base uh, similar to what we've done with Thai Walls Thai Walls is a uh, graduate from Virginia Tech was a three-time NCAA All-American. You know, was a huge asset to our program. Helped move us forward. Was a part of our fourth-place team finish at the NCAA's. Uh, he has aspirations to, to to win an Olympic gold medal, make an Olympic team. So uh, he's training and living in Blacksburg, and in order to do that, you know, we've got to be able to support him financially. And a lot of these training centers are getting pretty big, and the money getting involved is getting pretty high. So Uh, They have a lot of opportunities to go other places and, um, you know, so we want to make sure that we have the resources to be able to secure those guys, keep them in Blacksburg, keep them training around the guys on our team, um, you know, allow them to be mentors and workout partners for our athletes. We'll do the same thing with David McFadden after this year. David's got aspirations to wrestle beyond college, keep him around. Um, hopefully you know the same thing it's a few little further down the road but Makai Lewis is you know in the same boat so we want to build our regional training center primarily with uh, with former Virginia Tech wrestlers but we also like the idea of occasionally trying to go out and find the right guy and bring them in to add to that as well and you know, uh, if you can have six, seven, or eight of those guys around your program and training in your facility, um, you know, it both directly and indirectly benefits your guys.
1: So we've painted a picture where, you know, recruiting is going well. Uh, a buddy of mine, I was texting with him just asking about recruiting the other day, and he said, you know, again, frame of reference, other sports, he said, can you imagine if Virginia Tech basketball sign, the number five recruiting class in the country, followed by the number two or three recruiting class in the country? So, recruiting is going well. So, you know, if, if you're a person that really wants to invest in this sport at Virginia Tech and help elevate this sport at Virginia Tech, Tony Roby will take your call and take your email and tell you how you can help. But you know, clearly, donating uh, to the program, which can be used for facilities and, and such, and donating to the Southeast Regional Training Center, those are the, those are the two best ways. Because, yep. you know, Virginia Tech is up against some pretty stout programs in terms of, of history and finances and you know we, we've talked on many occasions about the penn state's the 800 pound gorilla and just about everything they have more living alumni than any um university in the country you know and and they when they when they want money they just snap their fingers and they get it and money's not everything let's let's you know let's be clear on that but it sure does help you know it's uh, i always say uh, money can't buy happiness but it can buy the things that make you happy <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so right. it, it, it's it's a it's a it's one of the
0: first things that and most immediate things you can do to help a program out just showing up at the at the matches too is definitely uh, something you can do to help out just be in castle coliseum and cheer And on that's free and it's
1: fun trust me exactly. if you go just sit next to somebody who knows wrestling you, you can you can so a typical dual meet will take a couple hours Less than two hours. Yeah, yeah. You know? and if you wind up sitting next to somebody who knows wrestling, it's 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 a lot of fun. Well, it's fun anyway, but if you're sitting next to somebody who knows wrestling, it really enhances your appreciation of what you're seeing.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think the I, it's not that difficult of a sport to figure out. I think if yeah. you give it a chance, and you know, maybe at first it is, but like you mentioned earlier, um, you know, you have two guys out there that are trying to you know, physically control the other guy, and, and yeah. even if you don't understand the point aspect and there's some you know obviously some smaller things that play into it that uh you know people don't understand until they kind of uh embrace the sport and uh but it's uh it's easy to figure out if you give it a chance i've just we've just had so many people over the years that have started to come out and watch wrestling matches because of the success of our the program and you know they they quickly became diehard wrestling fans and, and many of them started traveling the ncaa championships and um really started to love and appreciate the sports so um it's it's certainly growing like the sport of wrestling is growing like crazy if you look at some of the crowds that schools are getting across the country you know in, in our sport it's pretty impressive um so you know and i think you know virginia tech is uh certainly uh you know uh, kind of a microcosm of of that as well and 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 what we've been able to do here wrestling wise
1: and it's one of those uh sports where the people who are already fans of it love to indoctrinate new fans love to teach them you know let them know what they're looking at and and bring them into the fold and be part of the club so to speak so it's a very it's a very welcoming sport i'll put it that way yeah
3: definitely Mm. so as a closing question uh, Tyler Seitz asks, what are the goals for the team this year? Win ACC, dual, and tournament? Any chance at a place at nationals? Our
2: goal is to continue to get better every every single day and be ready for the end of the year. I mean, obviously winning ACC championships is our goal every single year. Um, there's there's no denying that, and it's important. Um, winning trophies at the NCAA is our goal every year. But, um, y- yeah, I mean, we – we need some guys to get better throughout the course of the season in order to get there. So that's kind of what we're focused. We're going to focus on the process of what it takes to accomplish those things right now. But, um, those are our goals every single year. I think that, uh, um, you know, if you look at this on paper, it might be a little bit of a year where there's, like I said, I don't want to call it a rebuilding year, but it's there's a little bit of uncertainty this year where there's been less in the past. So, um, you know, expectations are, uh, Somewhat of an un, you know, I wouldn't say an unknown, but you know, I'm not sure what we're going to get with a lot of these guys. So, you know, for for me as a coach and for our coaching staff, um, we're going to evaluate our guys, and and this weekend against Missouri is a great opportunity for us to evaluate our guys and and uh, see where we're at and see what we need to do to continue to improve. And that's what's great about that's what's great about the wrestling season. I mean, Mackay lost his first, you know, first dual meet of his career last year when we went out to Columbia, Missouri um you know and and uh you got to use it the right way you got to make sure that you you fix things and you tweak things and you help it uh prepare you for the end of the season because in our sport that's really the only thing that you know people typically remember is what happens at the end of the year
1: i've got kids that run uh, cross country i've been watching high school cross country for nine years now and it has a very similar vibe to it it's all about getting ready for regionals and states yep you know a lot of a lot of the races are interesting and fun to go watch but really you're you've always got that eye towards the end and and what are we looking like for the for those last two
0: couple of events yep. very yep. similar definitely building towards those final championships like trying to qualify and getting ready for those more important tournaments towards the end right. of the year and we appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast this morning, Coach Roby. and we wish you luck towards reaching those goals at the end of the year and throughout the season. Um, and going, we appreciate you going in depth with us on your entire roster and the schedule, and it was definitely a good time having you on here.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming by, and we'll definitely try to have you on again, you know, as, as the season progresses. Because it's a long season. It goes through early March, right? Yeah, well,
2: uh, late March. Third weekend in March or wow. the NCAA. So wow. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a very long season.
1: Yeah,
0: so we'll, we'll try to have you in some more. Yeah sounds good guys i appreciate you having me for our producer behind the scenes malcolm stewart our founder and head hot show will stewart and myself jake lyman your podcast host thank you for listening today again a special thank you to head coach tony Roby for sitting down with us this morning evan hughes will be back on wednesday i believe as uh, far as we know will and chris coleman will be rejoining and previewing notre dame notre dame preview yeah we're ready to go be exciting Uh, But we thank everybody for listening and watching on Facebook Live, and we'll see you on Wednesday.